And I wouldn't really have anticipated that. You know, I would have thought like I'll bring him a comfy bed because he's an old dog and we can still go do things. You know, like he can still lay on the floor of the brewery on his bed and he'll like chill while I hang out with people. But now he has no chill. the with a dog podcast the podcast for the modern dog parent i'm your host carly and every wednesday i bring on pet professionals or some fellow dog parents and we laugh learn and commiserate about everything from the confusing vet visits to dog park etiquette to the 2 a.m potty breaks essentially life with a dog she's back hello hello i am officially recovered recovering from my Achilles tendon surgery repair that happened almost two weeks ago now. So I get my stitches out in a couple days after this episode comes out, and then I'll still be in a boot for six weeks. But I'm officially, like surgery went great. I'm officially off all my, you know, medication, pain meds. I'm out of bed. I'm moving around, which is slightly problematic because I'm still um I'm still very limited on how much I can do like just like cooking in the kitchen because I'm on crutches and I can't put any weight on my foot right now. This sounds so naive like this is not a hot take that not being able to use one of your legs really sucks, but just like filling up my water bottle takes so much more effort of me making like a 15 point turn on my knee scooter just to fill up my water bottle. It's I don't know. It's just little things like that have been very frustrating because I'm back to normal energy levels and I'm back to feeling normal otherwise, but then I still feel so limited. And I I know this is like first world problem completely. I'm so happy that I have my health and I was able to get the surgery and, and all of that. But it's been a little hard lately, just like this last week or so. I've been feeling very restless. Like I I need to stay in bed and continue healing and and continue limiting my movement so I make sure I don't injure myself again. And this restlessness is not coming from a like a guilt or a shame, like, oh, I'm not helping up out around the house enough or I'm not being productive enough. I've I've really made sure that I'm not putting those type of emotions on myself. As much as it is kind of hard to watch dog Zad do absolutely everything around the house and for the dogs. And and I am so, so grateful to him. I feel restless because I'm like, okay, my mind is here. My body is here. Like, let's go. Let's go experience life. I want to go out to dinner. I want to, I want to do Christmas things. I miss going to the park with the dogs. And, and so it's like little things like that. Like, I'm just like, I'm restless because I know that I'm young and healthy and happy and I want to go like use my body and I can't. Which is a great turnaround, I think, from where I was probably like the beginning half of this past year while I was still kind of sorting out all those medical issues I had because I I did not have that feeling when I was laying in bed for hours on end every day, like low-key depressed slash in a fog. Like I, I wasn't having that like, let's go kind of feeling. So I think it's a, it's a positive is what I'm saying. And I look forward to my recovery and starting physical therapy in the next week. But also, it has been a benefit, me sitting around, because I have watched so many Christmas movies. (laughs) You name it, I've probably watched it, unless it was like so awful 
like the Noel Diary on Netflix. Um, uh, unless it's been it's like so cheesy, then maybe I don't watch it. But um, but yeah, I have I even have a list going with Dog's Ad, all the Christmas movies we watch, or just the ones I put on myself. We have like a a tiered list, like S tier is top, and then it's like A B C. It's been fun. So if you want to if you want in on the list, let me know. Or if you have a list of your own, send it to me. So that's been a silver lining. And then also, I really need to share a with a dog win that I've had recently. And it ties into today's episode. But that is the amount of cuddle time I've had with both dogs, but especially my older dog, Lupin. So he's 12 years old. And he's my OG, my ride or die, the pain in my butt, and the love of my life. So all this episode is mainly going to be about him. I have been able to hang out with him, with both dogs, but especially Lupin, so much during this injury because usually I'm lying prone on some surface around the house at all hours of the day. And I just, I don't know, like I've just had so much time to cuddle with him, which sounds like, okay, yeah, like I think I cuddle with him a lot in general. But I don't know. It's just it's something special right now. And and I've really noticed that I'm sleeping downstairs in the guest bedroom right now while I'm injured. And maybe sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'll move back upstairs to our bedroom. But Lupin has been sleeping with me like every couple nights of his own volition. Like after his nighttime potty, he'll just come in and jump on the bed with me. I don't know. He just seeks me out. He likes me being in that bed on the main floor, which is kind of his domain. He He's allowed on every floor, but we usually try to limit him to one floor, which I will get into later. So yeah, I don't know. I just, the win is that I've had a lot of snuggle time and just one-on-one time that feels special with my senior dog. So that's the win. And that's what I want to talk about today. It just happened that this time with Lupin, this with a dog win, coincided with what I was kind of already thinking about anyway. And that is how my life has changed with a senior dog. And what I mean by changes, like how my life has changed, it's both with logistical things. And then also there's an aspect of like emotional and mental. And I'm going to cover kind of just everything, just like looking back on the last few years with my large breed dog being 12 years old. He's doing great. But like just how it's changed, like a little retrospective of what has changed in my life because he's a senior dog or what changes I've had to make because I have a senior dog. Couple disclaimers. One, every dog ages differently. I mean, there's a few standard things that you have to look out for, which I've covered with episodes with the senior dog doc. I have two episodes with her. and So if you want to check those out, I'll put them in the show notes. So there's There are like standard things, but I just want to say this is based on my experience and how my dog Lupin is aging. So if you have a different experience, I'd love to hear it. Feel free to message me and we can create a discussion about it. But so far, this is what I've been seeing and that may even change, you know, as his aging progresses further. So maybe I'll have a whole new episode of changes to do this time next year. 
other disclaimer is obviously I am not a veterinarian. This is purely based on my experience and my dog. So if your vet or trainer or nutritionist, whatever, is telling you something different for your dog, obviously take their direction and expertise advice. All right, let's get into it. First things first, people who don't know, I've had Lupin over eight years now. God, is it nine? No, it's 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 eight years. Okay. So over eight years, so this summer will be nine, this coming 2023 summer. He's an American foxhound, large for his breed. So, I mean, it's a large breed dog anyway, but he is quite tall and used to be quite muscly in his young years. Him getting to age 12, approximately, he is a rescue. So 12 is an approximate age for him. Him getting to age 12 and doing so well has been really great. But he has been aging decently over the last few years. And as Charlotte, Ashley, and I have talked on our episodes together, because we've all had senior dogs, is that it really is a roller coaster. He'll kind of just have some significant changes. So then you're kind of like on this hump. And then it plateaus for a while. And you kind of go up and down. And it's really easy when I'm talking in this episode to say like aging, like it's this active thing that's happening every single day, you're not going to see changes every single day, which is why I'm kind of reflecting over the last few years and the changes I've seen over the last few years. So first change on the list is a super obvious one and everyone is going to be like, duh, which is why I'm getting it out of the way first. And that is limited mobility. I think that is the main symptom of aging that everyone, whether you've had a dog before or not, kind of knows is like, oh yeah, you know, labs and German shepherds have hip problems and these breeds have arthritis and don't let them jump off big things as they get older and watch their stare usage. I feel like that is old dog 101, which is great because it's also very accurate. Lupin is a long-legged boy He's never been extremely athletic or graceful, I would say. Obviously, Lupin can run around, he can hike, but um, there's not a natural like grace to him <laughs> as you would see in like in a border collie or something along those lines. Lupin, his whole life, even when he was younger, trips, slips on things, falls over logs, like love him, but he's not graceful which is fine when he's younger and so much more resilient. You know, he would trip or he'd get knocked over by another dog or something. He'd hop right back up, shake it off and keep going. Now that he's older, watching him <laughs> navigate the world is like watching like a baby giraffe is the only the only example I can think of. He's wobbly. He can be knocked down a lot easier. Like he's just not as stable. That's been something we've had to be very aware of. So what I've done to combat this is I've got him a harness that has a red a red handle. It's a red harness that has a handle on the back of it. And so that has helped a lot just long walks, hikes, especially if he's off leash. I have a little bit more control over him. I don't hold the handle the whole time. But if we're going up to some kind of stairs, if 
he starts veering one way while I'm walking the other. I'm able to kind of just grab him and steer him in the right direction. It just offers a little bit more support. It go it extends to his stomach. It doesn't extend. The harness doesn't extend all the way to his back legs, though I think there are the kind out there. So that may be useful for anyone else who has senior dogs. But it extends more to just like around his like flank, kind of his stomach, like right after the rib cage. I don't use it to like fully support, like fully lift him up like that. I don't think that would be very comfortable for him, but it has been very, very helpful. So as I said, this is like 101. Get a harness that helps with senior dogs. However, it has helped a lot. Um, number two is with this mobility and his kind of delicacy with his mobility is I have limited his stair usage in the house. So there's three floors in the house. Master bedroom is in the attic. So it's like a converted attic. Then we have the main floor that's like kitchen, fireplace, dining, guest room where I'm staying. And then basement is like our movie room, kind of like our our lounge area. And these stairs that we have, I've said it before on the podcast, very steep. They are carpeted, so they're not like slippery hardwood for him. But I noticed as he's gotten older, which is another thing I'll touch on, he likes to follow me around more. He likes to be near me or one of us or near dog dad. So that ends up, you know, if I'm just like running around the house doing things, he's following me up and down the stairs. So next recommendation is baby gates and just closing doors behind us. Our house is old, so it's the kind that has like a door to the stairwell. So I just close it behind me all the time. He hates it. Like he's standing there when I come back up the stairs, like what the hell? I never want to limit his exercise. Like I still want him to be very active and mobile into his old age because that is recommended by veterinarians. I mean, I'm not making him hike a a 14 or, or anything. I want him to be active, but I don't want him getting the potential to slip up and down those stairs. It compresses the spine as they go down, and there's just more risk for injury all around. There are a certain amount of stairs that he just has to go up and down just to get in and out of our house, like for potty breaks, but that can't really be helped at this time. The other thing is ramps in and out of the car. Um... That one's really hard because he hates the ramp. I'm still training him on it and there's going to be a time in which I need to force him to use it. Like he will not get in and out of the car until he uses it. Right now I'm being a little, a little lax. That handle on the harness helps because it does kind of help me give him a little extra lift when he tries to jump into the car and same thing when he comes down. We can control his, his jump a little bit better. And then as I said, back going back to the whole baby giraffe thing, I have put down a lot more rugs and mats around the house. I have a lot more rugs than I would usually because he slips. And there are different paw pad things that I can that I could put on his paws, which may be an option in the future to help him have like a little bit more traction around the house. Right now I'm using just like mats and rugs and and situating the decor in a certain way to make sure he doesn't slip, which is has been actually very helpful. And he he recognizes like where where he wants to go. Like he'll take the path of least resistance, i.e. the path that has the rugs or the mat. I'm fortunate in that he sees that it's easier for him and then he uses it if I put it down. All of that to say And getting back to the point of this episode is like what I've changed or how I've had to change my life because of my senior dog. 
making all of these type of changes, i.e. the harness, the mats, ramps, limiting his stair usage, all of that is hard for me. (laughs) Sounds so, uh, this may sound a little vain, but it's hard when you're like an aesthetic person. Like I want my house to look a certain way and I already am compromising on having the dog blanket on the nice couch and the the dog beds everywhere. And it's not a compromise. I mean, I love them. But, you know, you're already kind of like, okay, we'll have the big ugly bed, but like, oh, the rest of the house is looking really great. And then you all of a sudden have to put a yoga mat down in the middle of that walkway. And it's like, mm, that doesn't look good anymore. <laughs> and so sometimes it's hard to compromise on the aesthetic things. And I've just had to, obviously, I love him. And this is the reality of having a senior dog. So I've gone through it and it's fine. But as I said, changes like how I've changed my life. And it is having to give up some of those aesthetics that I usually would want, even his harness. I mean, I would love for him to have like this super cute harness, leather, you know, some kind of matching leash set that matches with my outfit. But that's not an option for him anymore. He had that when he was younger. That's not an option anymore. We need that structurally strong harness with the handle. And he needs to wear it for a good amount of time during the day even. Sometimes I leave it on him more during the day. Usually I take off everything like harness collar, everything when he's in the house. But I leave it on him because sometimes it's just easier to be able to support him in that way during the day, even when he's in the house. And I don't want that. Usually I would not want to do that because I'm like, oh, he's wearing his gross harness in the house, on the couch. Like I know that thing's dirty. I should probably wash it. If I take a picture of him on the, you know, on that couch, I don't want him to wear that big, ugly harness. And so what I'm saying is like the changes I've had to make is just kind of make those concessions of losing the aesthetics or losing what I want things to look like to make sure that he is safe and comfortable instead. So that was change number one. Change number two, I'm kind of going, I realize this now as I'm looking at this list, I'm kind of going from like basic to more nuanced as I go. So next one is stick to a strong routine during the day. So a daily routine. And I am not a routine-based person, which is actually really something I want to talk about on another episode like ADHD and having a dog or mental illness and having a dog or something like that. But I do well with routines. I don't integrate them into my life easily or well. And so that has been a change I've had to make of ensuring that Lupin has the same routine every day. That is extremely hard. As I said, one, if you don't function with a routine, two, to almost like revolve your life around your dog. But the reason that it has helped so much and the reason I've really tried to make that change is because I've noticed that it supports him more emotionally when he knows what to expect out of his day. And he ends up getting very, I mean, he's always been a very, very adamant, stubborn, independent dog. He's very smart about, like, he knows what he wants. He is not one of the dogs who's just like, whatever you want, mom, I'm happy if you're happy. Like, if my dinner's two hours late, I don't care. Where that's Albus. His dinner can be late. He won't notice. And Lupin, probably starting around like age seven, he's gotten more in need of a routine. And especially over the last probably two years. 
Fortunately, he still likes to sleep in, so that's okay. But he does the same exact thing every day without fail. And he's a happier dog when that happens. So morning fed, then he runs back upstairs if I'm still in bed, if dog dad is the one who feeds him, stands on top of me, looks at me, says hello, you know, bounces around a little, then goes back to sleep for a couple hours somewhere in the house, probably wherever I am. Then around 10.30 or 11, he starts to get energetic again. He's ready for his walk. He goes out for his walk. He's very angry if it's at 11.30. See my TikTok about that that I made where he's like barking at me because I have my boot on, like my cast, and I wasn't able to take him on a walk. And he's just like staring at me barking. This is what I mean by he's more emotionally happy, like he's happier when he sticks to the routine because he knows what to expect out of his day. And when that doesn't happen, I think it makes him very anxious and very confused. This is an aspect of doggy dementia. He hasn't had like an actual diagnosis or anything, and it hasn't gotten too severe to warrant a diagnosis or medication, but it's just something that... I've noticed and I've been able to compensate for. So as I said, he is just happier when we have a routine. He goes on his walk, then he sleeps for a few hours, another potty break, sleeps for a little longer, then gets his dinner. Then we do maybe a little playtime something around dinner and potty, then gets some more activity when ultimately dog Zad makes popcorn almost every night at like 8.30 or 9 and he gets to bounce around and beg for popcorn. And then he immediately has to pee after popcorn. We call it his post-popcorn potty. Anyway, and then he has the last of his water for the night after his popcorn and after his potty. And then he does one more potty break at like 10 o'clock at night. And then he goes to bed. I don't know if you guys needed all of the exact details of Lupin's schedule. My point is he knows what to expect. So he is mentally and emotionally happier. I know what to expect based on where we are in the routine as well. So if he is acting differently, if he isn't wanting to get up for his walk, if he doesn't recognize that it's dinner time, those things would then be red flags to me. So it allows me to notice changes in his behavior and then decide, "Mm, like something's going on. Why is there a change in his behavior? Is this further aging or is this a a potential like medical red flag that I need to get checked out. The change is putting into place a routine, especially for him and kind of revolving my day a little bit around him. I can't schedule a, you know, interview with a guest at 1130, knowing that he is going to be bouncing off the walls angry that he didn't get his 11 o'clock walk. And he does still go for probably about an hour. It's not a super fast hour, but he needs... He can't get away with like a 20-minute walk is what I'm saying, unfortunately. Um, we'll, we'll get there one day maybe. So that's that's change number two that I made is sticking him to a routine, making sure my life revolves a little bit around his routine because he is happier emotionally and then it allows me to be a better dog mom and notice further signs of aging and notice differences in him based on if he's adhering or not to that routine that he loves. All right, change number three, and this is hard to verbalize, but the only way I can say it, the only way I can think to say it is it feels like I have a toddler. Like the change is that I have had to come to terms with the fact that my dog is 
so needy at this time that it almost feels like I have a kid. And if you're actually a mom, two children, I don't mean that in like a literal, it's the same type of way. That's that's not this discussion. But what I mean is there are a lot of parallels that I can draw from how I have to treat Lupin every day to how I imagine and how I have noticed having a kid would be so or having a toddler would be. So number one is everything takes longer with him. I <laughs> Everything takes longer because he is old. Whether that's a walk, you know, it's not something where he's not young anymore where I'm like, all right, I only have 20 minutes. I'm going to go out for a run with him and he's going to get a bunch of exercise. No, he needs the full amount of time for his exercise. Otherwise, he can't cope and he gets off his routine or just getting his harness on. And I'm like, well, he's a lot lower on muscle these days. So I want to put a jacket on him, too, because he's older and and I notice he gets colder easily these days. So it's just like all these extra steps getting him into a into the car. I mean, back in the day, you just open the door, he hops in, close it and you're on your way. Now it's like, okay, help him in, you know, whether it's taking the ramp out or like helping kind of lift him. He gets in, make sure that his bed is situated so he's not laying on the hard trunk surface. It's just all these little aspects. I'm not going to go into every single one, but it's just everything takes longer. It's worth it, but it's a change. Next reason it's like having a toddler or like having a kid is that he he has more needs these days. And this kind of wraps into things taking longer, but he drinks more water, which he's always drank a lot of water because of the medication he's on. But he's a lot more adamant these days about needing that water and needing it ASAP. I'm really painting this picture of this asshole dog, which um, like to be fair, sometimes he is. People who don't know me or don't know Lupin may be thinking right now, like, you need to train him to be okay without water for like a little bit, or you need to train him to not be mad when his routine is out. And I would say, you know, like that is something to consider for a younger dog. For an older dog with the potential dementia and knowing my dog, that's just not an option. Our other dog, our younger dog, Albie, he knows that if his dinner or his walk or whatever is a little late, he's okay. He's he's flexible. If his water bowl isn't full, and I am not saying ever like deprive your dog of water, but if I'm in the middle of a meeting and I can't go fill up his bowl that moment, but I could in 20 minutes, he knows to wait. Lupin, on the other hand, does not. He's not willing at his age for whatever reason. And he wants what he wants and he wants it when he wants it, hence the routine. But also just his needs. So he needs he wants water more often, which means he also needs to go potty more often. He also, as I said, can't go up and down the stairs. So it's a lot of being aware of closing this stair door behind me, bringing a water bowl and a bowl with me on a hike that previously I wouldn't have brought water on, but knowing that he wants it. So it's just a lot more accoutrements, you know, the ramp in the car so he can get in and out. So that's what I mean by he has more needs as in There's more actions to be taken for him. And then also there's more like accoutrements. There's more things that I have, I have to have on hand for him, whether we're in the house or out and about. And then the next is um, kind of what I was saying earlier of the fact that he's like a baby giraffe and he's a little bit more delicate, lost the muscle tone that he had maybe when he was a four-year-old dog. 
but I need to be constantly aware of him. What I mean by that is just I need to be just where is he right now? What is he doing? Because he is more delicate in the mobility way. You know, like, did he go upstairs without me seeing? And is he going to come down the stairs on his own and potentially hurt himself? That may sound overkill. The stairs are steep, guys. Like, I have slipped down them many a time. And they are borderline unsafe. Like, they're definitely not to code. But um, <laughs> they're they're not something I want him navigating on his own ever. So that's what I mean of, like, closing the door behind me. But what if I didn't? What if I accidentally left it open? Did he go up there himself? Is he going to fall down without my assistance? I'm aware. Does he need more water? Do I need to fill up the water bowl? Am I going to go in and record this podcast? And five minutes later, is he going to come knocking on my office door wanting to come in because he always wants to be near me? So it's just kind of having that constant awareness of what is he up to? What is he doing? And I never would have had that when he was younger. It also, as I said, like it, this may all sound a little overkill. Like I'm not, con- I'm not anxious over him 24-7. I want to make that clear. I'm not like worrying or anxious. I'm just aware. And the reason I say it's like having toddlers, just, I think it's very similar. You're kind of just like, mm, what's the kid up to? What are they doing? Are they safe? Like you just want to have an eye on them. And that's what I mean of just, it, it takes a lot more mental effort to watch him or just to have him as a dog in general. It's just, it's taking more of my mental time. That's how I would describe it. It's almost like if you, you know, if you're the cook in your house, you're the one who cooks dinners and you kind of have like this mental thing of like, all right, you know, here's what we have in the cabinet and here's what's in the fridge and what am I going to make tonight? It's kind of just like this thing in the back of your mind. It's something I probably also do more because I'm stay at home full time. If you go to work and you have more of that different routine, it's something that you probably maybe don't worry about as much. Or if your dog is crate trained, maybe that's another thing that you're probably not worried about as much. So all that to say, the changes I've had to make is that I'm more aware of him during the day and his actions. He has more needs throughout the day than he did when he was a younger dog and things take longer. Oh, on that note, that's another thing of things take longer slash he has more needs. He likes to have a little massage um, when he wakes up or from sleeping in the same position for hours on end, which like fair, so would I. You can only imagine like he's old dog, old bones. He kind of gets a little creaky. And if he sticks himself into the same position sleeping all night, he gets he's a little sore in the morning. He's a little slow to to move in the morning. And, you know, we wake up, we look at Albus and I say breakfast. He's hopped up. He's hopped the baby gate. He's downstairs. He's like ready. And Albus is seven. So it's not like he's a super young dog either. But Lupin, you say breakfast, he'll like open one eye. And <laughs> and so you have to like slowly massage him and get him up and do his stretches with him. We make sure he does all of his stretches before he goes down the stairs. We have a, another harness, like a different one that we put on him to go up and down the stairs. So that's, I think, a prime example of something t- things take longer and they have more needs and accoutrements. All right. So that's the the toddler changes. This is the last change now. So we've come to the end. But I think this is probably my biggest advice and the most important change um, that I wanted to talk about with everyone is throw away everything you thought you knew. 
And what I mean by that is what you thought you knew about your dog, what you thought your life was going to be, like throw away the expectations that you had for their senior years. And even to a certain aspect, um, what you thought you knew about dog aging. So what I mean by throwing away what you thought you knew about dog aging, I don't mean that any information you consume, including this podcast episode, is not useful. But what I mean is don't let that information control the narrative. And and so that's what I want to say is like, I really thought I was going to control the narrative of what Lupin's senior years were going to look like. Personally, I think I'm quite well-read and I have a lot of resources. I've done a lot of research on aging dogs. I've talked to a lot of people. My past career has helped me, you know, working in the pet industry and working in a vet office, etc. I thought I knew what it was going to be like. And on some aspect I did, but I thought I could be like, okay, we're going to get the non-slip mats. We're going to get the ramp for the car. I'm going to control, you know, how he goes up and down the stairs. He's going to get regular blood work, et cetera, et cetera, and he'll be fine and he'll be the same. And that was my mistake in, yes, do all of those things, 200%. I I mean, I haven't even talked about like veterinary care really in this episode, but I mean, he goes in every six months for his blood work, no matter what, sometimes more frequently because I want to know what the heck's going on with him. And that's yet another thing we talked about in um, the episode with Senior Dog Doc, once again episode is in the show notes, is like those frequent vet visits. So what I mean is do all of those things that you think you need to do, but don't think just because you've gone down the checklist that everything is going to be completely fine. It's all hunky-dory. I don't think I've said hunky-dory in a long time, if ever. Um, (laughs) And so that was my mistake in that I was like, okay, I will do all the research. I will do all the things. And then Lupin will fall in line with that. And that is not the case. That may be the case for some dogs out there and and some people's experiences. For me, that has not been the case. It it really has been a balance between anticipating his needs, so like completing that old dog checklist, to-do checklist, and also letting him tell me what he needs. So like that routine during the day, I never would have anticipated that he would be so adamant that he needed to go on his walk at exactly 11 o'clock. Like I never would have anticipated that he would throw an absolute fit when that doesn't happen. (laughs) I wouldn't really have anticipated the way he likes to be near me 24-7. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I know he loves me, but he's always been a pretty independent dog. And so I wouldn't have anticipated that. I wouldn't have anticipated he wants the amount of exercise that he does. Like I thought by this age, we'd be like, okay, you know, some slow walks around the neighborhood and then an enrichment to kind of get his buzz out. No, like he still wants exercise, exercise. Like we do, I think a three mile hike was the last time he was like exhausted and I was able to get away with like I put him on a rest day the next day. But anything less than that, he needs it every day or craves it every day, even with enrichment. He's slowly, slowly starting to slow down a little bit more. I've noticed probably in the last couple months, but that also could just be the fact that it's a lot colder and he maybe is a little less mobile because of that. Anyway, so it's a little bit of let your dog 
show you what they need a little bit. But if they don't show you, that's when you make sure you're checking things off the list. Because not every dog is going to display those quote unquote old dog behaviors. And that's something that senior dog doc really talks about a lot is like, you're not always going to know your dog is in pain or not as mobile in their old age. You're not going to know that something is is wrong with them, like that their blood work is off or something, that they're in kidney failure until maybe it's too late. That's why I'm saying let your dog show you what they need and then also make sure you're completing the checklist of what old dog need, needs, which as I said, you can listen to in the previous episodes with Senior Dog Doc. You can listen to all her episodes or also just Google like needs of a senior dog there's going to be so many blog posts, so many lists, including, you know, podcast episodes like mine. Can you guys hear him right now? He's having a dream and doing little, little woofs. Oh, good boy, Bubba. He's laying like right next to me. I love it when their paw twitches when they sleep. Oh, so cute. Okay. Um, (laughs) Okay, so that's number one about throw away everything you thought you knew. Number two is throw away what you thought your life would look like with a senior dog. And what I mean by that is I knew that Lupin would not always have the mobility that he once had. I knew that maybe he would need more potty breaks and more water breaks as he got older. You know, maybe his eyesight would go and his, his you know, hearing, etc., I did not anticipate that those things would change our interactions, like how he and I spent time together and related to each other. Because in many ways, and this is very hard to say, he's he's a very different dog than what he was when he was younger. In some ways, he's the same. And in other ways, he is drastically different. Like, like the wanting to be next to me all the time and the like slight separation anxiety. When I tell you, if you had asked me four years ago, like, does Lupin have any separation anxiety? I would be like, hell to the no. Like if he's laying comfortably on the couch, there's no way in hell he cares if I leave the apartment or, or close myself in the bedroom. Like he would not care. Now, oh my God, this dog doesn't want to leave me alone, which You know, if anyone's listening to this and is like, oh, Carly, that means like something's wrong. He's in pain or he has dementia, anything like that. I've already looked into it. Like I would not be doing this episode if I wasn't already over the top with my awareness and research into his behavior. This is just a change he's had as he's gotten older. And what I mean by my interactions with him, which I kind of covered in the dog mom phases episode back in September, which I will put that link in the show notes as well. It's that I used to interact with him in a lot more of an outward way. Like I, when we moved back to Seattle, oh my gosh, almost three years ago now, I was very excited to continue the lifestyle that we had together in London, taking him with me to breweries and dog events. And obviously pandemic stopped a lot of that stuff. But now that things are open again, He is not the dog that he used to be, and I cannot do those things with him. Does he have the temperament to still, like, go to a brewery with me if I wanted to? Yes. It's just flat out not going to be enjoyable 
for him. Like I have trained him well enough to things and I think he does love spending one-on-one time with me, but there's no like enjoyment slash go with the flow from him anymore with things like that. And I I wouldn't really have anticipated that. You know, I would have thought like I'll bring him a comfy bed because he's an old dog and we can still go do things. You know, like he can still lay on the floor of the brewery on his bed and he'll like chill while I hang out with people. But now he has no chill and he'd probably be standing the whole time. Maybe he'll still be calm, but he'll just be like staring at me like there's a time limit to this lady. So that's what I mean by he has the temperament and he'll do it for me because he loves me. But you can tell that he gets so much more enjoyment out of an interaction of what I've said with my with a dog win of just sitting on the bed together, watching a TV show and me just like giving him the pets that he loves and <laughs> whispering to him <laughs> that I love him so much. <laughs> um, and that's that's the stuff that you can just see like his body relax and he can just like his eyes. I have always communicated with Lupin so much through his eyes and that's how he conveys things to me. It may sound woo woo, but I swear it's, I don't know if it's a hound thing, but like you can see what he thinks by he's how he's staring at me, how he's looking at me. And that interaction, the hanging out, sleeping on the bed, cuddling is far different than what I thought his senior years would be or wh- what our interactions had been in the past. And so that's why I say don't try to control the narrative of what you think their senior years are going to look like. Obviously, that's like a very low-key example. There could be extreme examples of people saying, you know, like, we thought we had many more years and then they were diagnosed with cancer. Like, let me tell you, that's a very different narrative than what you probably thought your senior days with your dog would be. Or maybe they are on a specific medication that doesn't allow them to do certain things anymore. Whatever it is, I just want to say, like, just try not to have specific expectations. You can have hopes, of course, like, oh, like, I hope they're still as mobile as Lupin is into their old age. Or or you can say, like, dang, they're crazy right now. I hope that they learn to have a calm temperament in their old age so they can go to breweries and, like, sit around for hours. I mean, if anything, that's been the opposite. That's That's why I want to say, like, throw away the narrative is because – I'm always having like this opposite experience where a lot of people have like a crazy young dog who, you know, has a hard time calming down. Lupin was the opposite. Like he was always so chill, would stick with me for hours wherever I dragged him, which was all around the United Kingdom. Just the hours of train rides that he would just lay down during the entire thing. The train stations on the hard floor. Like, I mean, if you want an example, actually go watch – um her boozy tales, some of her reels of her do- her and her dogs traveling around Europe. Like that was exactly the lifestyle that Lupin and I lived. And he was so chill with it. And now you would have thought as an old dog, he would still be chill with it or he would be able to do that just with some slight modifications. And my answer is no. So that's, I think, the last thing I want to touch on of just change what you thought you knew about your dog and about what your life would look like. And know that like either way, it's okay, but just like try not to control the narrative of what these years are going to look like. Okay, I think I'm officially done. This was so much longer of an episode that I thought it would be. I just also want to say, 
It sounds like I've been like shitting on Lupin <laughs> a lot during this episode. It's not at all like he is. I'm so, so proud with where he is in his senior years. Like I feel very proud that I've taken a good care of him. I feel so happy with how he's aging and what his blood work looks like, his current mobility. I mean, I made it sound like he's completely crippled, like, oh, helping him into the car and can't get down the stairs. Like, no, he can do everything. He can jump high up into the car. He can race down the stairs. It's just the the fact that he could hurt himself doing those things. And it's more of a preventative measure. I'm just so happy with where he is. And even, you know, the the changes in him and in his behavior. Like he's still my best boy. He's still my number one. Like he's my first baby, kind of. (laughs) That sounds maybe dramatic to people who actually have kids. But like, honestly, like that is how I see him. And I didn't, I didn't really cover too much of like the emotional aspect of your dog aging. Like there is a lot in there, you know, between like anticipatory grief and seeing these changes in them. And so there is a lot there, which I think I would need to prepare a little bit more to do that type of episode. And I, I would probably, you know, want to want to talk to a professional, you know, guest at the same time. But yeah, I'm just I'm so happy with how he's doing and all of the things I've done. All of those changes that I just covered, like I'm really proud of myself and dog Zad. Not to say if you haven't done these changes that you're a bad person. Every As I said, every dog ages differently, but he's he's doing really good. And just to round it out, I, I want to say it has been really nice to look back on all of our years together. And he has changed so much during those years from the shy, you know, scared rescue dog that we had to do a lot of work with to the outgoing, like chill temperament was willing to to do whatever and whenever when we were in London to this, as I kind of said, new dog. in his senior years, this more clingy and loving dog. It's been really interesting to reflect on just like all the changes he's been through, all the changes that I've been through through the years with him by my side, hence with the dog podcast, and just see, see the things that have not changed. So I talked about all the changes, but there are some things that have not changed. And I came across a video um, you know, it was like on this day in 2014 or whatever. And I was waking him up saying like, good morning, Loopy, good morning. And I realized like, I, that's how I woke him up that morning. Like I, I still do those same exact things. How I show my love for him and how he shows his love for me is also very similar. I probably should have included this in the like routine but a routine that we've had throughout our whole life is me petting him in a certain way and just like whispering in his ear, like, I love you. You're a good boy. And, you know, just basically like spouting how much I would die for him. And <laughs> and he's like the handsomest dog ever. In his younger years, he would have just like not even batted an eye. Honestly, he'd just like keep on trying to go to sleep and ignore me. But as he's gotten older, like I've noticed this even more in just the past few weeks of us hanging out in bed together, as I said, with my with the dog win, because I've been doing that his entire life, he craves it now. Like you can tell he just immediately relaxes when I start doing that, like petting him in that way and everything. And so I just I want to say, even though this whole episode was about changes, 
and I, I made it sound like Lupin was this entirely different dog. I do want to say that there are threads of normalcy and similarity throughout his entire life and things that just absolutely do not change. And that's very heartwarming and meaningful to, I think, him and me. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Share it around, friends and family, anyone else who has an older dog, maybe any friends who have expressed like, yeah, they're getting a little older. I want to make sure I'm prepared. I think this episode may really help them, but then also the ones in the show notes with Senior Dog Doc. Thank you for listening. If you have any recommendations, I'm planning 2023. So if you have any recommendations of episodes, guests, etc., DM me on Instagram or TikTok. I've been spending way too much time on social media lately. And make sure if you have not already subscribed or follow, drop a five-star review, and I will see you next Wednesday. Bye. All content on the With a Dog podcast is for informational and comedic purposes only. It should not replace professional advice, treatment, or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer, or behaviorist. 